BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And like I always do, I asked you all questions. I got so many questions about, you know, topics I could do. And so many of them relate to children, like co-parenting, boundaries and relationships, and so many other things that sort of relate to our everyday life. I decided to do today's podcast is going to be on mum shaming. I get a lot. I also, I think we shame ourselves. I mean, I think if I go back to, you know, being in my 20s and you have this sort of, I've, I've talked about sort of being pushed into this roller coaster of a ride, which is, you know, when are you going to get married? As soon as you got married, you don't get a minute before everybody, everybody, everywhere you go asks you when you're about to have a baby knowing now what I, what I should have known then, I suppose, is there's no rush. Children change everything. I wish that we all had more time because we have so much time this side, although it's great to be a young parent. And if you're a young parent, that's fabulous. But we do get shamed, by the way, if you don't want to be a mom. I have lots of friends that didn't want to be mums, and, you know, got so sick of being asked why, like they were an, they're an alien. Maybe it's just the time of their lives. And actually, I'm about to do a podcast with one of my old friends since we were, I guess, 19, Diane Kruger. Same thing. Growing up, she never wanted babies, ever. And everywhere we went, it was kind of like, when are you going to get married and have a baby? She's like, I'm not. And now, of course, aged, what, I guess my age, mid-40s, she's had a baby and it's the best thing that's ever happened to her. People change. That's their decision. You know, why, what gives you the right to shame them on their choices, their body, what feels right for you? And I think mum shame, shaming comes in so many forms, by the way. Exactly that, not, not wanting to be a mum. I think when you see some people, right, you see these some mothers that you sort of, they dedicate their entire lives to their children. And by the way, chapeau to you, chapeau. That's great. But if you're not doing that and you haven't given up a limb, your job, your like life, your girlfriends, your I don't know. And you're not walking around sort of looking like you 
have have been dragged through a bush, then you're not a good mum. If you look like you're put together, you've got far too much time for yourself. If you go out at night, you've got far too much time on your hands because frankly, you should be at home reading bedtime stories and waiting by your little darling's bed to see if, you know, they sort of blink. And I just don't get it. I don't get it. Why can't you have children and a life? And by the way, I feel that divorce mostly comes after children. Again, I've said this before, and I don't mean to put it that children cause divorce. But, you know, in many ways they do. And, you know, that's not to say I would change a thing or to tell you not to have children by any means. But why why do they? Because the husbands get absolutely pushed out because the wives are, you know, trying to keep up with the fucking Joneses. Because, you know, if you haven't got a bugaboo and you haven't got one of those stupid papooses and you haven't got your nanny trailing behind you and you, you know, as I said, you look like you you haven't been dragged through a bush or at least 10. Your nails are done. Your hair's done. Anything like this, your roots died, you know, then you're a terrible mum because clearly you've left your baby. If I get asked when I go out for dinner one more fucking time where my children are, I think I might scream. Where the fuck do you think my children are? put them to bed hours ago, hours ago. What am I going to do? Take the night to the nightclub and shove them under the desk, under the table. You know, I don't understand. I really don't understand. You know, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. And that's just the long and the short of it. And that's why you can't buy into this bullshit. And it is bullshit. Okay. I think like marriage and like moving and like, you know, doing all these steps that I've always said society tells you what to do. Society's the same with children, right? So we all, we're all meant to be born with this sort of like amazing sort of maternal clock that we all see babies and sort of melt and suddenly, you know, all we want is a baby and to be the best mum for the rest of our lives. You know, I'm here to tell you that doesn't always happen. And that's not to say I don't like being a mum. I love being a mum. Wouldn't change it for the world. But it definitely didn't come naturally. You know, I didn't hand my, everyone goes, well, you, I mean, maybe because I had a cesarean too, and I'm not really sure. And it took quite a lot out of me. You know, I had Yasmin. Well, I mean, okay, here we go. Yasmin was a one hit wonder. So let's just pretend that I didn't do IVF. We'll talk about that one later. So, you know, with Yasmin, I had that, but I had very, very bad preeclampsia. So I was bedridden for quite a long time and it made me blow up like a puff of fish. It made me very, very sick. And I think by the time Yasmin was sort of yanked out of my belly, it was in the middle of the night by some, you know, a nurse that looked like a truck driver. And I think I was just so done with the whole experience. You're exhausted. You're absolutely exhausted. I think I'd done 14 hours of labor or something like this. And then I had emergency C-section. So it wasn't this beautiful experience. Like I have a girlfriend who's on her, I think, fourth child. Sorry, darling, if I've got this wrong. And she always has water births at home, no, no drugs, and says that she has these amazing out-of-body experiences and that, you know, literally she enters another realm and she just loves being pregnant and can't wait to, like, give birth naturally again. Now, when I listen to her, my eyes kind of roll to the back of my head and I glaze over. I, I just can't for a second imagine what the fuck she's talking about. I had none of these experiences. She like embraces the pain. I literally was like, if I even felt a contraction, I was like, give me more of whatever I could get hold of. Again, don't get it, but like two different experiences, right? Not one is right and the other is wrong. 
Why should I feel guilty at all? And by the way, she doesn't mind shame. This is just something that she loves to do, right? She's never shamed me at all. She just laughs. She loves our differences. We're very different, but then we, we're very similar in other ways. You know, she loves the whole process. I hated the process. I loved the first few months, loved it. At the end, when my, you know, when I got cankles and, you know, my feet had swollen over the top of my shoes and, you know, I couldn't breathe and my blood sugar was hot too high and I was on, you know, pills to sort of even everything out. I felt so sick. How could I enjoy that? Couldn't fit into my, any of my clothes. Couldn't drink out a, a drink. Couldn't, you know, stay out. Couldn't stand up. At the very end, I couldn't even stand up, let alone go out. So two very different ex- experiences. Now, that's not to say, again, why is mine wrong and hers is right? I didn't have a choice. It's not like I chose to have all the, the these issues with being pregnant. It's just my body versus her body. I, you know, I'd love to know what it felt like to sort of be able to give birth with your husband and, you know, at home in a, you know, water bath and that it just pops out like that. I have another girlfriend whose baby, you know, she just said it was like, she didn't even know that was coming and popped out in less than an hour. So, you know, but those are different experiences and we should not feel shame because we don't have, that we want the drugs. We want to have it in hospital. We don't want to feel the pain. We want a cesarean. Maybe you don't want to have a vaginal birth. I mean, thank God I had a cesarean because if I had done it, you know, with the twins, I'd had to. So then I'd have been cut in two places. You know, there's so many things and so many choices that are personal, completely personal to you. I learned very early on to stop asking questions because I was sick of it. Every single friend sort of took it upon themselves to pop around and let me know what I was doing wrong or what I should be doing because this is how they did it. And I actually have un- understood that there is no right or wrong. You know, having a baby is like feeling it out, right? I mean, you want to do it, do it. If you don't, there's no point doing it through gritted teeth. It does slightly come naturally. Not many people have managed to sort of do real damage to their babies because, I mean, unless you're sort of damaged yourself. I mean, from a good place, if you're coming from a good place, most parents can sort of figure it out on their own. And you've got, you've got your parents to help if you get exhausted or you get grumpy, which, you know, happens a lot too. But, you know, I feel like everyone telling you the right way or the wrong way. I do remember my mother, you know, my mother-in-law's coming in telling me, you know, you're holding it wrong. You're going to drop the baby, wrap them this way, swaddle them this way. I don't know. You're taking in so much information. I remember when before, you know, when, when you're pregnant, obviously it's like, again, society, everyone tells you what to do. So you get this book. I think we all pass this book to each other. It's called What to Expect When You're Expecting. I mean, I did find it interesting. Definitely read it, you know, and it was fun to follow what size the baby's going to be and all of this and what stages you're going through. But, you know, it's almost too much information again, because, you know, actually part of the fun, and I think if I ever do it again with Sergio, is sort of figuring these things out together as a team and not feeling that you, your life has been completely turned upside down and shat on because you've had a baby. And I think that's what happens. Like somebody walks into your house, a complete stranger walks into your house, picks up your baby and puts you on a schedule. Okay. Having like lived this amazing life of sex and fun and like whatever it is that you and your husband are up to, because you just really got married, most of us, and you're having all this wonderful time. Then suddenly you know, it's like having a parent, a nanny or a, 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 you know, maternity nurse or, you know, whoever comes to help you walks into your house and tells you this is how it's going to be. 
And you're like, fuck, the fun's suddenly gone. Right. And actually, I mean, you probably, probably, maybe it is because I'm training my puppy right now and I'm reminding myself that, you know, she, the puppy's on the schedule. And if you're tough at the beginning, it's easier in the end. Maybe that is true. But I also see other mums. I, I also find that I didn't enjoy it as much because I'd run out for a minute and have to rush home exactly on the dot or because, you know, I had to do things a certain way instead of just being a little bit more chilled and going, okay, it's okay if I run over, you know, I've got milk in the, in the fridge or, you know, and genuinely the milk today is so good that you can't really tell the difference between breast milk and your powder milk today. It's okay that you missed one feed. It's okay that you decided that you're going to go and dye your hair. And, you know, as long as you're doing vegetable dye or whatever it is these days and you're, you know, it's okay that you look beautiful still and that you've got out of a tracksuit and you're a new parent. That's okay. You know, it's okay. You want to get your hair done. You have a blow dry when you're in the hospital. If that's what makes you feel better, do it. You know, mum shaming comes and the trouble is it never goes away. It never fucking goes away. As I said, you know, I, I went through it at, at that because when they were babies, because straight away off, I went back to work with my twins you know, I'd been very sick. So actually, when I got out of hospital and I'd done a month at home, I was itching, itching to get back to my normal life because I had two babies. So once you've finished breastfeeding one, you've got the other one. I hadn't seen, you know, a hairdresser or had a manicure or just felt like myself. As for that, when you've got two, I mean, if you think you're having sex or you're enjoying dinners out with your husband, and that's a big shame. And I always say to people, try and do it. You know, so many news mums are like, I'm not leaving my baby. I'm never leaving my baby. Not going anywhere. Well, you fucking should. Okay. You should, even if it's for a night, just go and be you because it takes over your life. And this is why I think divorce, this is where a separation can happen. This is where this, a separation in the connection happens because, you know, you give your all to your child and and especially if you've got two, maybe two different ages, because the first one gets jealous. So then you need to go and spend time with the first one. Then, you, and then obviously you need to spend time with the new one. Then where's the husband come? Well, he doesn't. Then you go to work. I had all three. Then you've got three kids. Then you've got a housekeeper. Then you've got all the things that you're running on top of it. And you're flat out exhausted. And I, you know, at this point I was, I got, you know, knee deep into my company. I mean, we were doing extremely well. I had board meetings. I had God knows what, you know, I don't even know looking back how I, I, I did it and, and, and remained married at all. And I think I definitely didn't give my, my husband any time. He was definitely last down the list, probably below the dogs. And that's my fault. That is my fault because I was so busy trying to be everything to everyone and watching my other, you know, friends who were like way richer, way had more help, whatever, didn't want to work, you know, ladies at lunch, they'd given up their, their jobs to be the perfect wife. And they, they were like doing all these classes and doing things with their babies. And I just wasn't, I wanted to be at work. That was my career came first. I wanted my career. I loved my career. I love it. And I love it today. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine changing it. And it's funny because you know, now my children are obviously older and, you know, you go through different stages. 
So when they were little, I could dress them all up and I could do what I wanted to do with them. And I could have all these family pictures. And I did all those beautiful Christmas cards that you send to your friends with family portraits. But I mean, there's no fucking way. I've got two 12-year-olds and a 16-year-old. If you think they're sitting down for a family portrait dressed as the Von Trapp family, you've got another thing coming. There is no way on earth it's happening. I can't get them to sit down for a Christmas picture. I can't get them to sit down for a picture. I don't think I have any, well, I mean, I have like maybe individual ones of us together. They won't let me pull out my phone ever. So, you know, I get it all the time because obviously I'm a public person. They're pretty, they're okay with the show sometimes, but they will not do Instagram. They are not coming on my Instagram. And that does not mean they're not living with me, people. That's why I don't understand why I get all these messages. And actually, you know, it, I'm, it's not only me because my friends always tell me that they get the same. Just because you don't see them in a picture doesn't mean they're not there. My kids were with me all summer. You know, I do one month. My ex-husband does one month. They were on a boat with me. They were in Mykonos with me. They just don't want to be photographed. And I have to respect that. You know, I can't force them because I don't like being mum shamed. That's my problem. You know, I can't force them to put a picture up on Instagram because now, you know, when I do, it's just a fight. Why am I fighting with my kids to make people I don't know feel better and to remind, let them know that I actually am looking after my children? Like, who are you to me? No one. So why am I putting your feelings before my kids? And that's, that was something that took me a while to understand that, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll see a picture go up and very quickly come down. And as soon as they say, mum, take it down, I take it down. And that's it. Okay, let's take a little break from the show so I can tell you all about my favorite bedding, bathroom and home loungewear brands, Cozy Earth. I'm using them for years now, and it's made such a difference to my sleep and my life. And you guys know, anyone that's following me right now, I'm totally obsessed with my home, anything to do with my home, interiors, bathrooms, and my bedroom, I'm huge on. I'm really big on sleep. I can't tell you how important it is for your health, especially for me when I'm so busy in the day, packed with TV, interviews, family responsibilities, and so much more. My bedroom is my absolute sanctuary. And I want to take you on this journey with me because, I mean, frankly, Cozy Earth has been named one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018. And its best-selling bamboo sheet is temperature regulating and incredibly soft, which is, again, living in the Middle East, is so, so important to me because you boil otherwise. So to have sheets like this that keep you temperature regulated is such a bonus. And I love the softness of these sheets and they get softer and softer over time the more you wash them. But Cozy Earth's bedding collection offers a variety of luxury pillows, sheets and blankets and so much more. And it's nice to be able to choose the entire set that matches because I love to have that sort of really finished crisp look in my house and everything has to be perfect. I'm sort of anal like that. It makes the interior decoration of the room so easy and it kind of finishes everything off. These products are essentially also backed by a lengthy warranty. So that takes anything sort of scary out of purchasing online, which I know it is. And Cozy Earth's linen bed collection also adds elegance to any space. And the 
fabric's breezy, timeless appeal. One thing I love is they're actually softer than cotton because it's made from sustainable viscose from bamboo fabrics too. They kind of have this really sort of luxurious feel to them. And remember to all you lovebirds out there, this Valentine's Day, snuggle up on Valentine's Day in Cozy Earth's new best-selling bamboo sheet set. It's the perfect gift that both you and your partner can enjoy. You and your partner will be cozy all night long. Cozy Earth provide an exclusive offer for my listeners today, 35% off site-wide when you go to CozyEarth.com and use code d That's CozyEarth.com, use code d for 35% off site-wide. Amazing. Now let's get back to the show from my bedroom. Hey friend, I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. My Instagram's about me. It's not about my children. You know, my holidays, they're with me. I've told everybody time and time and time again that when you get divorced, I presume most people, you know, and I'm talking about most people, not everybody, most people have 50-50 custody. I have 50-50 custody, which means they're 50% of the time with me and then 50% of the time with their dad, which is normal. Do you go on my ex-husband's page and, you know, father shame him? No. Most people are clapping him going, oh, look at him doing amazing things and, you know, business and, you know, all of these things. We all clap the men and shame the mums. So the men can go out at night, go on dates, have a life, travel, and we are shamed. You know, it's, it's fascinating to me. And again, I think it comes with the whole thing that people don't quite understand the new game of influencers. And it's not for me to explain it to you, but influencing is a job. You know, it's just another form of marketing. People buy a billboard or they buy space on my page. Up to you. And I think, you know, people don't quite understand that. They think that we just take a free holiday. I don't need a fucking free holiday. I love to travel and I love my job. I'm very, very, very blessed. But that also doesn't mean, you know, do you think my kids want to go for a week to the Maldives? They'd rather watch a movie or stay home. Like, what are they going to do in the Maldives? Sergio and I love the Maldives. It's lovely for us. But when you have a 16-year-old, they don't want to go to the Maldives. There's absolutely nothing for them to do. Okay, not at that age. I mean, day one, maybe a bit of snorkeling, but then they're done. They, they have parties to go to. They have lives. My sons do so much sport after school. Like they, they go to camp. They, they have groups of friends. They go to the mall. They play football. My son does jujitsu every single night. He's not locked in a bedroom by himself, unfed and uncared for, shaking. He's not. And I invite them. I invite my children to come with me. But they don't want to. And I respect that. I'm okay with that. And they have great lives. They're very happy. When will we get to the place where we stop shaming each other's lives? Just because you 
decided to give up your job, decided never to take another holiday and decide to devote your lives completely to your children. What makes you better than me? What makes you better than me? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I have a girlfriend like that who actually won't go out without her child. And she's one of my best friends. We're completely different humans, but I know that of her. So we go for lunch. No big deal. We go for lunch and we have a great time and the kids come. Doesn't mean I can't be your friend because, you know, I do, I do it differently. We talk about things. She asks advice from me. I ask advice from her. It doesn't mean she's a better parent than me. We're different types of parents. That's all. Some things she thinks I might be better at, i.e. I have more of a life. She feels like she has lost herself sometimes or she can't go out because she's created this noose now, of course, because the children are so used to doing everything with their mom that if she goes out for half an hour, it's like, you know, their world has collapsed. And, you know, I kind of go, well, there you go. You've made your bed. You lie on it. You know, I go out for six hours. My kids haven't even realized they've left. Again, no right or wrong. You know, my kids are genuinely happy in their own space. So, you know, and I'm then I, I have freedom, which is better. I don't know. That's up to you. Do you want the freedom you need or you want, you know, you want your children to need you, really need you. Again, completely up to you. No right or wrong in this scenario. And that's, I think we can all learn a little bit from each other. And that is really important in today's society because today's society has changed. It's really changed and it's ever evolving and we're ever growing. And we're having children, by the way, later on in life. So if Sergio and I do it again, which as you all know, we've been on this baby journey, you know, Sergio is always like, I think it would be more fun. Like we would have a fun baby because I don't want you to stay home and like do a routine you know, we just pick the baby up maybe because it's just one and we go anywhere with it. Right. And maybe it's not. And he's like, well, my mother would his, not my mother, his mother would always help. And, you know, you can do whatever you, whichever bits you like. And, you know, I'm not going to need you to be that type of mom. Whereas I think Jem was really hoping I'd be, you know, Mary Poppins, which I just wasn't. You know, I think in a way, on the one hand, he loved my career and that, you know, I was doing well. He was proud of me. On the other hand, I think, you know, he just longed for a normal wife. Whereas I think Sergio has realized he's married a lunatic and that a baby isn't going to change that for me. So he will adapt his life to the baby. He also understands that you need a life around that life, right? And that can't always be baby, baby, baby. He does that now because I get exhausted. I've, you know, three kids is no joke. I've got three kids, you know, so that's why I'm really hesitating ever wanting to do this again, which again, you know, everybody asks me and Sergio, when are you having the baby? When are you having the baby? When are you having the baby? I mean, you know, I've got three. I have them. It's a big thing for me. You know, I love him. So I'm not, I don't want to be mum shamed about not wanting to be a, a mum immediately or to also be scared, scared to start again because I don't know if I'm going to feel amazing or feel like, fuck, what have I done? I know people that have done it second time round and gone, you know, I've just got my life back and now I'm back in nappies. And it's so much harder. I've got a girlfriend that did exactly that and she's like, wouldn't change him for the world, but. If I knew then what I know now, I don't think I'd have done it. I had just got to a really easy place in my life where I got my life completely back. 
And, you know, I'm used to saying, you know, lying in bed now and going, oh, should we go away for the weekend? And it's so easy because if the kids want to come, they come. But if they don't, they're self-sufficient. That's okay. They can stay in the house. They, 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 they know exactly what to do. They have delivery. They've got their own little like credit cards. They have everything. They're, self, they're independent kids. That's what Dubai does for you, by the way. I think they become independent so much quicker because the safety here is so much more. So they can take cabs. They can go out. They can go to the cinema by themselves. You don't have to like, you know, helicopter them. So they get this, you know, this life. And I think that's another thing. I get mum shame for that too, because they're like, you know, English parents can't understand it at all. You know, at 10 years old, they're wandering around a mall by themselves. I mean, you know, if that, if I did let my kids do that in London, England, people would, you know, literally arrest me for, you know, what do you call it? Child abuse. Whereas here it's common practice because nothing happens to them. Absolutely nothing. It's safe as anything. So that's, you know, and also another thing, you know, you've got to take into consideration other people's lives and where they are and what age they are. You can't just put us all in the same bracket. You know, photographing your child every day and shoving them on your Instagram when they're three and four or, you know, babies is easy. Holding them down at 12 and 16 when they've got a voice and they, you know, they, they're at school and it's embarrassing. They don't want it when you've got a 16 year old, they're really sort of unsure of themselves. They lack the confidence. They don't know if they look good. They don't want to be publicized. All of these things. I mean, my kids don't even have any open Instagrams themselves. So why are they going on mine, which is so public? I mean, mum shaming and the shit I get daily, you know, why would I subject them to that? doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I think that that is so important to get across to women that we are, we've come across, we've sort of come so far, yet we've still got so far to go. I don't understand why just because I don't want to raise my kids the way you want to raise your kids, that I'm a terrible mother. I don't understand why you get to judge me because you chose your path or you followed everybody else's path. I've never wanted to follow, follow the same path as anyone else. I've always instilled in my children, and I still do, that, you know, uniqueness is amazing. You know, being a unicorn is what will make you, that you can choose to be anything you want to today. That's, that is truly true. You know, unless you're passionate about something, you can't make it your purpose. I want my children to have purpose. I don't want them to have to feel like they have to follow the crowd so that they fit in, you know, and that that shaming other people for their their behavior is acceptable because it's not. It's really not. We need to have kindness and empathy for other people and understanding, you know, of how where they come from. And, you know, there are lots of people with lots of different stories. Some people don't have mums. Some people, you know, don't have good family lives. Anyone with a semi-good family life is blessed today. Blessed. So instead of shaming people, let's lift people. Let's make them understand that, you know, today isn't how it used to look. Shaming other people for their beliefs or their, you know, techniques or things that they've learned or they've decided to do 
should not be allowed. Some people are moving. I know friends who are really rich and have decided to leave the system completely. They, they homeschool their kids. You know, would I do that? Probably not, just because I feel like kids need to have the interaction with other kids. But then, on the other hand, what an amazing thing. They travel. They're a family unit. They're always together. So which, which right way is the right way? You know, they have one-on-one tutoring. They're not sitting in a class with 25 people. Maybe their way is better than my way. Maybe they're going to have supersonic children and mine are going to be, you know, not. I don't know. But somehow we all grow up and somehow we all find a path and somehow we all figure it out. It just happens. Something inside you clicks, not because your parents forced it, but because something inside you does it. I I never sit on my children and tell them, you know, have you done your homework? They do it. They do it because they have to answer to themselves, not me. I mean, if I get a, you know, a horrible letter from the school, then I come down on them. But other than that, they kind of get it done. They know what they have to do. Me nagging isn't going to help. And me making their home life miserable isn't going to help. And you making me feel like I'm a terrible mum because I'm not sitting there nagging them with doing their homework with them every night doesn't help me. How do I go forward and be the best version of me if, you're, if I'm always being shamed with people because I have a life, because I'm happy, because my relationship's healthy, because my kids are healthy? You see a snapshot of my life. A snapshot. You know, I'm lying in my house all day today. I've done so much work. Nobody understands the work that goes into being me. As it, I'm sure it does you, not putting it, you know, everybody. We all have our own cross to bear without judgment. So if I can just say, you know, going forward, and I think the times we live in and we've got through, we now can have same sex marriages. We can now be transgender. You can do whatever you want today. That shaming mums for having a life and wanting children should be stopped. Shaming other mothers, you know, is, is something so abhorrent and I just don't understand at all. I'd like every Karen out there to take a good look at themselves and ask themselves, are you perfect? Are you really the perfect mum? No one is. I'm not, you're not. You know, we're all learning. And I think just to understand, you look around and the ones that try to control too many situations are the ones that are the least in control of their kids, as far as I've ever seen. The ones that control every movement that, you know, helicopter them, that don't let them make their mistakes, that don't let them fall, that don't let them have their choices. It's my kid's choice you know, whether they come out with me. I'm not going to force them to dinner because I want to spend time with them. You know, if they don't want to spend time with me, okay, they know where I am. I'm here. We all watch a lovely movie together. We go for dinner when they want. They don't want it. There's a reason normally for it. That's it. End of. End of discussion. What is the point of forcing people into a situation they don't want to be in? No good comes of it. Nothing. For you, for them, and everyone has a shit time. So... That's enough of my rant. I hope you've enjoyed Divorce Not Dead and thank you for listening. And let's uh, move on without judgment. Please, ladies. 
Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.